0: are listening to the 90 days later podcast with Anna Charles episode 75 welcome to the 90 days later podcast where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life if you're not an alcoholic but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no you're hi all and welcome back today's podcast is going to be a little bit different but it's extremely important. And I realized as I was looking through my past episodes, this isn't really a topic I've covered head on. So I thought it was about time. Now, today I'm not going to be talking about any specific tool or technique that you can put into practice, but arguably I'm talking about something that is as important, if not more so. I'm going to be discussing the difference between applying and learning, right? Now, I could have called this episode the difference between applying and consuming as in consuming information, right? So, it's both the same thing. So, when we're talking about learning, I'm talking about consuming information. Huge difference between the learning and the applying, both very important but your approach needs to be balanced. So first off the bat, I wanna get this out there. I wanna lay this out there so that there's no misunderstanding. I wanna say that learning is really important, right? Because when I talk about changing your drinking, I often talk about, and I feel this with every fiber of my body, that what we're doing is we're learning to master a new skill. Right? We're just learning to master a new skill and learning how to be a new drinker. We have become expert drinkers or expert over drinkers. We've had a lot of practice, in my case, decades of practice at, at doing that and achieving that pinnacle of being a master over drinker, not something I wanted. So what we're doing now is we're just learning how to be a master drinker in terms of you know, maybe in, in moderation or not at all. Right, so this is all about developing, learning, practicing new skills. One way you can do this, whenever you're learning any new skill, is to uh, do some research and find out from other people. Right, What what's a good idea? What are some techniques? What are some tips? Exactly, right, what I put out here on the podcast. Because if we take that approach That's one way of cutting back on what I will call unnecessary mistakes. It's kind of more of a straight line towards your goal. It's one of the huge and many benefits of having and hiring a coach, right? So I have been through the transformation of changing my drinking and I've been through it many times with my clients. Now, this knowledge that I have acquired in doing this and in applying the teachings is powerful, right now this knowledge that I teach you then as information can prevent you making those same mistakes there's so much value in it it's kind of like a curated roadmap it's like if you wanted to go from A to B you want to go from here to you know some other place I'll say well take that road you know don't take those roads for whatever reason. Now, that's not to say that when you take the road, you're not going to have problems along the way. You absolutely will. And hence, that's why I talk a lot about failure, right? So learning is important. Having the information is important, but it's not the be all and end all, right? So I just want to get out there because I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that learning isn't important and I'm not saying that at all. All right, so I've got that out of the way. So, like I say, I talk a lot about the importance and the role of failure in changing your relationship with alcohol. In the importance of taking action, figuring out what works, figuring out what doesn't work, learning, and just going at it again. Talk about the importance of anticipating obstacles that you might face, deciding ahead of time on a strategy then taking action, learning and regrouping, right? Deciding what you'll do, expecting to fail some of the time, or at least to not be surprised if you do fail, and then getting back up, dusting yourself off, learning and doing it again. And as we know, as we've said many times, this is how we learn as children. I mean, just watch child learning to walk. It's kind of like the ultimate, right? They'll smack their heads, they'll fall over, all the rest of it, they'll bump, they'll fall up, get up and get down. It, it's just, they just keep going at it. And that's what a lot of the time learning a new skill involves, right? This process of determining a strategy taking action and figuring out and evaluating what worked and what doesn't work is, is the process I go through with my clients. Now, of course, we go through this in a lot of detail and we take a number of the different topics and we really evaluate them, we go into that, but that's essentially it. Some areas they're gonna find easier than others, it's different for everybody, but every single person that I work with is gonna falter several times, it's no big deal. It's totally okay. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing because it shows when we fail at something, we determine a strategy and we have a go at it. It shows that we are really going at this. We're putting ourselves out there. We're not taking the safe action. Right? We're taking massive action. And that is such a special thing. Because my friends, it is actually very, very rare. Most of us, Take action once, maybe twice, and we're trying to do a thing, right? And then we'll give up. So think about it. Think about the people you know. Think about yourselves. You might try a diet. You might try yoga. You might try a bit of journaling. You might try to write a book. Ooh, that's one that's a bit of a trigger for me, my nine years writing my book. How many people have I met over the years? I say, yeah, yeah, I'm writing a book or I want to write. I want to write a book, but they never you get so far even as, you know, putting pen to paper, right? So if we're taking massive action, if we're failing, we're doing it, that's, that's a very special thing. But if you are like so many people are, where you try something once, doesn't work out the way you want it to, or it doesn't give you an instant result, you quit, you give up. Or the other thing I see a lot with drinking is that we... Give up making any kind of effort, right? So we're going to have a go and then we just, oh, it's just too hard. It's just, I'm just not going to, I'm just, you know, why am I such a screw up? We'll say some dumb question like that to ourselves. And then it all becomes too painful eventually, right? There are just too many hangovers. It just becomes too much Right? I've just got to do this. All right? So so we give it another go. But what we don't do is we don't adjust what we're doing. We kind of go at it again with the same exact same approach as before right but it's a little bit more half-hearted it's like we're kind of sort of taking action right we're giving it another go but we're not really expecting to have any success and frankly why should we right if that's the same approach that you've taken 20 times before and it's failed 20 times or you didn't get beyond you didn't learn from it 20 times then what is going to be any different on the 21st time Because what I see happen so often is, well, what most often happens is we just think, right, Mm -hmm. here we go. I just need to rustle up even more willpower and I should go at it again. Day one again, everybody. Day one. And then again. And then a couple of months time. Day one again. And each time, as I say, we're taking the same approach, it's usually some sort of blunt force, but just trying to be perfect and trying to go alcohol free overnight so we screw up even more willpower until eventually it doesn't work we give up and then we start all over again a few days or a few weeks later but we're a little bit more burnt out and all we've also been doing in the process which is you know the thing that really I think disappoints so many people when they realize this is that we're just reinforcing that we're not going to fix this and this is why if you're doing this on your own and time and time and time and time again, you're failing, you're actually reinforcing that you aren't gonna break out of this loop, okay? Each failure feels a little worse than the last. So that's what happens in those scenarios when you have action without learning. So I spoke before about having you know, lots of learning, learning's important. But if you're kind of just going at it and you're just doing the same thing, the same thing and the same thing, and you're just not spending any time to evaluate, you're not figuring out what worked and what didn't work. You're taking action without learning and you're taking action without actually even applying just the tiniest little thing of what you've learned. Even the bare minimum of what you've learned, you're not applying. So of course you're gonna carry on getting the same result. So that's what happens when there's not enough learning. In fact, I feel a Venn diagram going on. I have this argument or argument discussion with my children all the time about what's the point in maths. And I always say, well, one of the things I learned in maths was this idea of the Venn diagram, right? So you've got the passive, you've got learning, and then you've got action, you've got too much. So there's too much action with not enough learning. That's what I've just spoken about, right? We're not pausing to learn. And then there is on the other, in the other circle in the Venn diagram, where there's too much learning. I find a lot of people getting stuck in here. I actually spent a long time here myself. And sitting in this spot where there's too much learning is so much more possible these days with our phones and computers, and we have access to so much information at literally the touch of a button, I'm a big knitter, I love knitting. And if I want to learn about a particular stitch, I just have to type in and boom, I can have, you know, 50 videos <laughs> on how to do this stitch. Even, you know, and it's just, so it's incredible. When you think back to when I learned to knit, it would be, you know, if you, you'd have to try and figure it out from the diagrams on the page, it's so much more difficult. Okay, so if you're doing something new, These days, you can learn everything about that thing possible. But unless you apply that knowledge and take action, you aren't going to master whatever it is you're trying to do. As I said, take knitting. It's absolutely true. You can't learn to knit a sweater by watching a video. Think about riding a bike, baking a new recipe, programming a website, or even learning how to allow urges when you want to stop over drinking. You can watch all the YouTube videos, listen to all the podcasts, you can ask all the people for help, you can get tutors, coaches, watch other people, write down all the tips, pass all the exams to demonstrate your knowledge, do all of that stuff. You can spend hours, days, weeks doing that, but there still comes a point when you need to apply what you've learned to actually do the thing that you want to learn that's when you actually really embody the teaching when they when you're when you're when they say for instance when you're learning to ride a bike you know it may you may wobble a little bit you 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 understand how that feels and then you know you know how to you'll feel in your body you'll you'll move your body to adjust your balance when a recipe for instance i remember this one very clearly it says to whisk the egg whites till you get to soft peaks And how you'll feel when they've reached that stage, right? So you wanna avoid the overbeating. You can feel that even when you're using an electric whisk, I can feel that, right? But before that it's like, well, how on earth would I feel that? I mean, I'm holding this whisk, it's this bit of metal and I've got all these, you know, it's just, that seems a bit bananas. But when you do it, that's when you feel it, where you allow the urges without resisting them. This is one of the core things I teach now I can describe it in dozens of different ways as I do in fact for my clients and I'm more than happy to keep doing that again and again and again right because I said certain things stick for certain people but it's not going to be until you actually put yourself out there to do it that you actually know how it feels when you're doing it right you have to be willing to go out there and face the urge Look at the urge in the face and say, right, we're going we're to do this, right? Whatever it is you're learning in life, whatever it is, you've got to do the thing. But doing the thing is hard, right, most often. And this is why we can stay stuck in this area, in this circle, in my Venn diagram circle of passive action, where we do lots and lots of learning, but not much applying. Now, what happens is when you're doing things this way, I want you to know that passive action doesn't get you the results that you want. It doesn't get you closer to the results. Even though this is the killer, it may feel as though you are. And this is where it gets really sneaky. Because passive action has all to do with consumption. As I said, it's watching the videos, reading the books, talking to someone, searching the internet, listening to podcasts taking courses or writing notes. And you could do this for days and days and days and days. And to many people, that would feel like action. Now, personally, I love learning new stuff. So I totally, totally could and have done get into the trap of consuming, consuming and feel like I was making really good progress right? But it would only be hypothetical progress, kind of like intellectual progress, because you're thinking about doing something. You're writing down your ideas about doing something. You're talking to other people about doing something. Planning, by the way, is involved in this too. You might be planning and never getting started. I've spoken often about my novel, A Thin Line, available on Amazon no just joking actually it is but there we go no but my novel and how it took me nine long years from start to get it published I mean nine years now that was off and on over the years and I tell you I must have planned and replanned that I mean I hate to think how many times or I decide I was going to use Microsoft Word or that I needed to put my character arcs into Excel and then actually maybe paper was better or then I found this tool called Scrivener and then I was kind of doing all this planning and essentially I was dancing around what I really needed to do, right? It felt like progress, but it wasn't. It wasn't getting the book written. Now we sometimes call this busy work, but I'm actually just not talking about any old busy work. What I'm talking about here is, for instance, with my book where I'd read how one author did something and they said that was the best way. That's the best way to develop character. So I think, oh. Maybe I'd I'd think about that and maybe, you know, that's the way to do it. And then I come across another way and then I think, "Mm, well, maybe that's better. But you see, all I was doing was actually putting off doing the work. I wasn't actually doing something. I wasn't actually developing my skill. And this is such a really important thing to know the difference, right? Now, I get a lot of lovely comments about this podcast from people who tell me, you're learning the concepts. You're learning all about desire and why you drink. It's all making sense. And you're seeing for once it's possible to moderate your drinking. And that might be you listening now. And it's wonderful, by the way. I mean, I love the fact that I'm getting that information out there and that you see this as possible. It's one of the main aims behind this podcast. And you might feel that you've been taking so much action, right? You're listening to the podcast and maybe you're reading the stuff I put out on social media. I do Facebook and Instagram and I put out videos and I put out tips and techniques on my email list if you're not on my email list you want to get on it go to 90 dayslaterco forward slash list all right so I'm sending this stuff out but here's my question to you I want you to answer it honestly how much have you been applying what I've taught you in your own life right in real actual life Have you been asking yourself why you drink? Have you been aware of any times distracted drinking shows up and how it shows up? Have you been dropping the judgment about yourself and your drinking and moved into curiosity, into learning as much as you can about how your drinking habit shows up for you, right? Remember, awareness is such an important skill here, making yourself conscious of all your drinking patterns. Have you been doing and creating in your life the results that you want based on what I've taught you? Are you taking even any kind of action? Or are you perhaps staying more in passive action where it's more like thinking about taking action or thinking about drinking less or thinking about allowing the urges or thinking about what you'd need to be willing to feel to attend a wedding and not overdrink? right so and i'm i'm not calling you out well i suppose i am but not in a nasty judgmental way and i'm not dissing the thinking i'm not dissing as i said learning the information and especially really sincerely especially if you've been struggling with this drinking thing for years and years you were once so confused about it right i love that you're spending this time to understand your habit And that you're thinking about what you need to do and that by doing this thought work, just seeing that possibility, you're going to start to see clearly what's getting in the way. That is super, super all good. But in the broader vision, it's only about a quarter of the story, maybe even less than that. Because you can't think your way to your goal. You can't think your way to drinking less. You have to act. You have to try out the techniques. You have to see how it goes, find out what works for you and what doesn't. And even if you're not having success yet, by taking action, let me tell you, you are moving towards possibility. You're not just thinking about what's possible. And I really want you to challenge yourself with this. I'm going to tell you, it's much more comfortable to be in this passive action stage. It feels nice and clean and it feels like you're learning and that you really now are getting to understand things, right? It's like getting ready to take action. But taking action is really kind of messy. That's when you go to the party and your friend hands you a drink that you didn't plan for. It's when you get some bad news and you want to run and hide and pour the wine. It's uncomfortable, but it's precious. It's precious. Now, like I said just now, I'm a really big note-taker. I have been as long as I can remember. If I listen to a good podcast or a webinar, I'm going to re-listen to it. I'm going to pause it. I'm going to write down the thoughts or the teaching re- to reflect on later. And I do. I go back and I read them. And I, you know, I re-listen to podcasts all the time. And you know, there are days when I pull back these notes and it's great. So I love taking courses, attending webinars, listening to podcasts and one of the things actually I love most about running is that it gives me the time to listen to podcasts, even though I do like a bit of M&M on the big steep hills. But the podcast, when I'm listening to podcasts, I tend to find my speed drops, I think it's because I'm really listening. But then in any case, I digress. You know, I fill myself with all the learning. But I recognize that in me as well. I recognize that I could spend all day doing that and I make sure I ring fence a certain part of my time to learning and thinking, but then to the rest and just taking action. And let me tell you, I do not always like taking action for sure. Now, I like the results I get as an effect of taking the action, but I don't always feel like doing it, but I'm onto myself. And here's the thing I have learned, and you might want to try this too. Maybe this is you. If ever I find myself thinking, I don't feel like doing, you know, fill in the blanks. I don't feel like getting up early to go for the run. I know I need to get up early or it's going to get too hot later on. If I'm thinking that, I ask, do I want to be the kind of person who doesn't do something because she doesn't feel like it? And I'm telling you, that thought alone will always get me into taking action. Now, I'm gonna leave you with this thought. If you think what I'm saying sounds exhausting or this taking action, applying what you've learned and failing and evaluating and getting up and doing again and more applying, maybe thinking that you're just gathering all the information right now, that's where you are. Anna said, gathering information is good, so that's what I'm doing, I'm not in heavy passive action but I'm listening to the podcast for now because I'll start taking action around my drinking after the wedding. Or when we've moved house or when work is less stressful or or when you know, we've got the children settled at the new school because I'll just be too exhausted to put it into practice right now. It's just too much going on. If you're thinking that, I want you to think about your life today and your drinking today and how exhausting that is. I mean, looking back, I have no idea how I had the time to drink Right? all that planning and thinking about it amusing over whether I'd have a drink or not and then when I was in a situation and the endless chatter that would come right is it too early to bring the waiter over? has everybody else finished how many have they had if would it look rude will it look like I've had too much if I have another one you know and at, for at home do we have enough wine if we, when are we go and shopping and if I buy three bottles does that seem too much if I only buy two is that not going to be enough and what if my friend comes around what if my husband actually has some and what if I run out and if I run out of the I mean, all of that. And then there's all the sleeping badly, and all the effects of that. And I never used to actually get really super bad hangovers. I just kind of feel a bit foggy. But all that negotiation that went on in my life, that was exhausting to live with. How exhausting is it to do another dry January, another sober October, to dread Christmas, to dread weddings? I mean, things like dry January and sober October, they have become annual events. Right? You've got to I'm going to still myself to do this. How exhausting is that? Wouldn't it be nice? How about you could have a lovely Christmas, New Year, and then you could just go into January and it's just January. It is a month. It isn't dry January. And you get to uh, October and it's just October. Just because it sounds like sober, sober October, you know, it's just October. Just going to drink totally normally if you want to drink or not at all if you don't want to. Right? I want you to noodle over that. If what you think of the putting in the effort and applying the learning is exhausting, I'm going to offer that all the rest of it is far, far, far more exhausting. Okay, lecture over. Might have sounded a bit like I was lecturing you there, not what I want to do. But I do want to get the point across. So here's the homework I want you to do for the next week, right? Between now and next week's podcast. I want you to identify one thing one and it can be a tiny thing, one thing that you're going to pick and you're going to practice it every day this week. And even if you're somebody who doesn't drink every day, let's say maybe you drink mainly at the weekends, I still want you to do this work every day because I think this is all part of us identifying action that we're going to take. Right? We take this out of the intellectual and into the applying. Now, by all means, you can continue to fill your ears with lots of great stuff. Surround yourself with great resources, right? I'm not saying you don't do that, but I want you to just for this week, if you haven't had the habit of this, I want you to specifically pick one thing so you're not just nodding along and saying, oh, that sounds good. I really, that really resonates and not taking action. Now, you can pick one thing I offered on the podcast, all of my episodes And I'm going to help you, though. I don't want you to have overwhelm here. I want to make this easy. Remember, changing your drinking is actually very simple. And one of the things I say again and again and again, it's about desire. Reduce your desire to drink and you won't want to drink. So I'm going to recommend, if you're sitting listening to this and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, or I'm going to have to pick something, let's start with desire. So I'm going to give you a task if you're up for it. And I want you to do the homework that I laid out in episode three of my podcast. Now, of course, I'm going to encourage you to re-listen to that episode, knowing all you can about desire and reminding yourself is a good thing. But if not, if you don't have the time or if that becomes overwhelming, I'm going to give you the homework here again. So I'm actually going to now tell you what I told you in episode three. Okay, so here's what I told you on that episode. The next time you find yourself with a drink in your hand I want you to pause and ask yourself what you're thinking at that very point in time now if you think that sounds a bit weird which you might or if you think it sounds difficult I want you to imagine you're stepping outside of your body like you're observing yourself right like one of those sci-fi films where someone comes out you see the spirit come out so you're actually looking at your body Now, maybe that actually sounds even weirder, but the point here is I want you to catch your thoughts and write them down. And I want you to try to do this each time you drink. The reason why is that awareness is a key step on the road to intention. And one of the key things I teach is to be intentional about everything to do with your drinking. Awareness will show you what's driving your desire to drink. And the reason this is so important, I mean, really, the the, the macro reason this is so important is that when we know what's driving your desire to drink, then we can start to peel back the covers and find out what you really desire, right, for which alcohol is simply acting as a proxy. So that was the homework from episode three. And I want you to do that again today. And if you can actually apply this even if, say, you're not drinking. So I say here, every time you find yourself with a glass on your hand, if, if it's, say, a Tuesday and you don't drink on Tuesdays, you normally just drink at the weekends, I want you to think back to the last time you had a drink in your hand, right? Or, or think back to some past time and go in there and say, what was I thinking? Or ask yourself, what do you think you were thinking? Just get super curious so that you can end up then with seven days worth of having done this work, That is seven days worth of information you're going to have. So that you can then look at that and say, okay, how do I apply what I'm looking at here? Pick one thing and go and do it. Evaluate and learn, as I was saying earlier. So in summary, I want you to make sure you're taking massive action towards your goal. You're not just taking passive action. So you're applying what you're learning. You're not just learning. And the best way of all to apply what you learn, you got it. It's took touch with me. We work one-on-one. You won't get out of applying. <laughs> it just won't happen. You really won't. And it's not so much that you're accountable to me because I teach you to be accountable to you. But there is accountability built into our weekly sessions, into the work we do, into the daily, if that's what you want, emails from me. In other words, I keep you moving forward. So if that point alone sparks your interest and would make all the difference to you, then let's talk. You can get a slot on my calendar by going to 90dayslater.co and clicking on the blue book a call button. You won't regret it, I promise. All right, thanks for listening and I will see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.